Okay. I sing for you a uh, with you for you. This is a breast of a nigger. They sing Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur in Uman. It's very big. Um, 
so I thought I thought um, it'd be very very appropriate in this nigun. This is a this is a very beautiful nigun bichra. The words are so beautiful. You know, every living creature should know who created it. Every every breathing organism should know who put the faculties of life. You know, very simple words. This nigun was what was a. One of the favorite nigunim of someone who I can't even begin to tell you how how, how close I felt to him, and how um, how special he is in my heart. And he passed away this morning, early this morning. Mm-hmm. We've been davening for him in Shir, Nachmani Rachmiel bin Golda. Nachmani Rachmiel bin Golda. Uh, his name was Nachman Futterman. and. You might, be, you might think I'm talking about someone that died suddenly at the age of, you know, younger, ripe age. Nachman was, uh, <clears throat> um, must be probably, I spoke at his 75th birthday party, which was when Tiferet was born, and she's 12. Right, so, Ruch Hashem, late 80s, yeah, yeah. And uh, Yuri, do you remember him? Did you ever meet him? I mean, I'm sure you've seen him, at our wedding, whatever. So I want, to tell you, I want to tell you one thing about Nachman that just popped into my mind now. I probably wouldn't have said this if he was still alive physically in this world. But this is like a Rebbe, a Rebbe story. Um, and then I, I can't, again, I, can't, I thought I'd be able to like keep you guys here for three hours this morning and do one of those long ones, but I have to go out to be with the family and the funerals now. Um, Nachman and his wife Miriam, she, she should have a long life, Be'ez Hashem. They couldn't have children. For a while, and they decided to. This is Mamish, like a Rebbe's story from like 300 years ago, and I only know this because he told me this many years ago in his house in Muncie, in New York, when they were living in Muncie. Now they live in Yerushalayim for the last, Ruch Hashem, like 15 years. He said to me that um, he Nachman was the president of the Karl Shul in New York. He was very, very close to Reb Shlomo and very close to to uh, Reb Chaim Kramer, also. He was big in BRI, big, when they were just starting. He was very close to Reb Shlomo's twin brother, Reb Eli Chaim Karlbach. Anyway, <clears throat> they finally decided they couldn't have any children, so they decided to adopt a child, actually adopt a kid that's not Jewish and Megayer him. And they, he went to the mikveh with Reb Shlomo before the bris to, to Toiva. And Reb Shlomo asked him, what name, what, what, what's the name you chose for your son? He asked Nachman. So Nachman said, Yehuda Eliyahu Chaim. Eliyahu Chaim was Reb Shlomo's twin brother who had just died, and Yehuda, yes. And they went to call him Yehuda Eli, which they did. Reb Shlomo says, because I, I wanted to have Kavana when I, when I, when I toiveled. I wanted to have Kavana. So this is Gevalt. Reb Shlomo said to him, but you still, you don't want to give up. You still want to be able to have children, right? And this they were trying for so long. You still want to be able to have a child, right? So he said, yeah. So he said, so add the name, add the name Yosef to add, right? Add the, add the name Yosef. So when he, Shlomo Tovel with that name, Yehuda Eliyahu Yosef Chaim. And then the funny thing is, and I could show it to you because I have the video at the bris when they're about to mention the name, it's all beautiful. They just didn't tell the mother that they were going to add that name Yosef to there. And so you see there's all this confusion. He's like, can I still call him Yehuda Eli? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the bris is fire. The bris is something 
if you want to just get, if you want to lehit lahev, like we're talking about in here, not just lehit ragesh, you have to look at a few video, a few minutes of this bris, fire. And let me just say this. Two weeks later, Miriam was pregnant. A few years later, this baby that they megayered died from cancer. Zatomeret. This neshama, this huge neshama that we don't even understand where this neshama was made out of, came into this world to, to be, to be, to, to limshoch shefa bracha for their son, who now, my dear friend, Psachia, I'm sure you've, you guys have seen him, he's been around our chevra. Psachia, steiging, learning Yom HaValayla, married, has a bunch of daughters. He's in this world, and they adopted another son. But it's like, it's one of these, it's one of these crazy miracle stories that it's, you know, you, could, you hear these stories that happened to like the Rebbe Rebzusha maybe 200 years ago. Mamish Kachaya. And the reason I didn't really say this story ever because it's too, when a person's in this world, it's almost too, too miraculous to say. But right now he's, yeah, he's, I was just learning yesterday, he's, 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 he's Shlomo said a birthday in this world is the day we're born. A birthday in the next world is the day of your Ptira. There's a birthday in Shemaim. Oh, you're welcome back. And I can just imagine, I could tell you guys hours and hours and hours about him. Mamish, hours and hours about him. I personally affected my life and others here. Pesach was very close to him too. Um, Yitzhak Meir, I'm sure, was close to him. I'm sure he knew him. So, if you want the learning to be extra, extra special, to believe in the Rebbeinu that means you believe anything in the world can happen. Like this precious, our precious Nachman, Yerachmiel, Faramin, lived and, and believed. So there was a niggun that came down at, at this kid's bris. Um, they added this name. It was such an, it was, I'm, I'm going to sing you this niggun. This is a Reb Shlomo niggun. And I have a video of him making it up. It's unbelievable.
Thank you for opening your heart and sharing it. And obviously, needless to say, the learning this morning will be for him. And I want to also give a big thank you to our dear friend Mordechai Holtz, who lives in Eved Daniel, that learns with us every year. There's a lot of chavra that they have this. What's this? What's this thing they have? Jobs. So they don't. They have these nine to five wacky things. It's like a new, it's like an old thing. There's nine. You remember that? <laughs> you know? So they have, they have, they push to have jobs, but they can listen to us. Um, you know, they can listen to us when they, there's more here, boys. There's enough. There's enough. He heard last week. On, he heard on Monday morning. I said, "Oh, there's not enough swarm." He called me right after Sheer. He's like, "I want to sponsor a new swarm for." So he hooked up with Israel, went out. He got a new swarm. Where this is it, Chevron. Well, let's learn from him. See something's lacking. Step up. That's what we're here for. This is Mishpacha. This is what we're doing. Let's open up, please, the page. I think we're back in Yudalit. Uh, the last thing we spoke about was so, so powerful, left us in great suspense. Baruch the Rebbe was starting to describe to us based on a teaching from both. Uh, the first one was the Nam Melech and then the Mar Vashemesh. We add both from the Nam Melech and Mar Vashemesh a description of what happens to Tzadikim when they experience what's called Hit Lahavut, as opposed to, remember, does anyone remember the other word? Hit Ragshut. Very good. Hitrakshut means I'm excited about something. Hitlavut is from the word lahav, I'm on fire. When I'm on fire for something, I lose the need that I, for all the other things I thought I may have had, I, I lose the need for it. I don't have the ruts, I don't need it anymore. I just need to be in this moment and not, and not get stuck. Now, it's happened to you guys, has it ever happened to you guys that you've been in the zone, whether it was learning or whether it was davening, that you completely forgot about the needs of any other thing, that you forgot about it. It didn't matter anymore. The two examples he gave before is that when a person is in the world of Itlavut, there's two functions he forgets he needs to do. What are those? Eating and sleeping. Eating and sleeping. So, this is a very important thing for us to remember, that he's describing the ultimate with these examples. He said to us also, you can't measure by those tzaddikim when it starts and when it stops. It's not like, okay, let's get ready to rumble. Activation number, code, hitlavut. It doesn't work like that. But by us, what he's going to say is that since we're not like that, this safer is there to develop for within us the mechanism as to how to consciously choose to go there. How to consciously choose to let go. To let, like everyone says, let God and let go, right? So it's not a modern day concept. This is, a, this is an altar theme. Like everyone thinks Ramdas invented be here now. No, Hashem did when he told Maishir Rabbeinu, which means come up to the mountain and be there. Mindfulness, be here now. Be here now is an old Yiddish concept. What the Rebbe is going to describe throughout this rest of the Sefer, now we're cracking out of this very difficult Akdama, is going to give us the tools to choose to activate. I, I'm signing up. I'm signing up to let go. I'm signing up to find myself to get lost. Oh, you're ready for that? Yala. Please don't ask too many questions at the beginning because I want us to get through this paragraph and then we'll see if there's anything that's not clear, okay? Aval. Daf Yudalid. Aval. 
אבל לנו וכערכנו ניתן, ניתן לך איזה מידה לעמוד בה, מתי כבר יכולים לכנות את ההתלהבות של למעלה מהתרגשות. Okay, but us, you and I, we're going to give you a מידה, a measurement to know when am I leaving the world of excitement, התרגשות, a, and then going into the world of התלהבות, fire, fire, burning coals. כל עוד שהתרגשות תשוקתך, אהבה וירתך להשם אשר בך, היא במידה שלא נתבטלו עוד שפיותיך ומאהביך לה. As long as התרגשות is what your passion is, your love and awe for Hashem that's in you is still in a מידה where your other things that you want in life are not מתבטל yet. You know, you ever hear that phrase from your grandparents, or maybe your parents, נשתה היר, נשתה דה? Did any of you ever hear that phrase? That means you're everywhere, but you're nowhere. Meaning, here it's not exactly, it doesn't exactly mean that. Because here he's saying, you could have yitrakshut, you could have excitement. You have something that gets you excited. But you didn't forget about the show you have to finish later tonight. It's like, you're not going to keep the chavusa with that guy, because you still have to finish that documentary. It's just as chashuv. But you really do want MS and Torah. It's not like you don't want. You want this, and you want this. The places that have nothing to do with Avodah Hashem, are still very, very important to you. Now, he's not knocking you. He's just saying, let's just call it what it is. He's not knocking us. I, 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 I'm choosing to believe. He's not knocking, saying, what a putz, you know, what a Russia you are. He's just saying, this is what it is. As long as it's like, you love davening, you love getting together, learning a shtikl chasidus, you love singing some nigunim, and you also love all that stuff that has nothing to do with it, but you've convinced yourself that it has to do with it, then... It's not hitlahavut. It's hitrakshut. Kind of like the chabur of hachana l'shabbos we have. You like Shabbos. You enjoy Shabbos. But you haven't moved in to Shabbos. Remember the, the language we were using in, that, in the chabur. You haven't moved in to Shabbos. It's not... You, you know it. You, you frequently... Uh, you acquaint yourself with it. But you haven't moved in. Beseder. He's saying that means... It's still hitrakshut, it's not hitlavut, fourth line. Ki rotzea ta gam ba'olam ve'inyanav b'sha'azo. Rak she'gam la'ashem nafshecha mitrageshet. You still want oil and mazen stuff. There's still a tavas, you know, moment there. I gotta, I really want to make sure I have more money today. Because I've convinced myself that I want it for holy reasons. But whatever the reasons are, it's still reasons have to do with oil and mazen. Az rak hitrakshut bilvadi, then what your experience in the moment of being connected is a real moment, but it's hitrakshut, it's just excitement. מה שאין כן, כשכל כך נתבערה הרגשתך, שעל כל פנים בשעה זו, כל העולם ושאיפותיו מאוסים לך. You know what that modern day word in Hebrew, מאוס is? I'm sick of this, אה? נמאס לי. נמאס לי. But then, are you ever in a place where you're sick? You're sick of just still wanting those other things that don't shtim. For those of you that are wondering why the WhatsApp group is called shtim, the, the initial machshava was that everyone shtims. Jerry thought it was shitum for many years. It's not shit, pitum, shitum. <laughs> shtim. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Shtim. It cut meshes, it molds together. You see, there's other things in my life, they don't shtim. They don't, they don't, they don't mold. Other areas, they just don't mold. And then you get this thing of like, I'm just, I'm just sick of it. 
ואף תשוקה, ואף תשוקה וכוסף אחד לך להשם. I only have one, there's only one thing I'm passionate about. And it's not fantasy football. There's only one thing I'm passionate about. Only you, להשם, לקדושתו ולתורתו. For his holiness and for his tire. היינו שעל כל פנים, בשעה זו, at that moment, when you're in that zone and you're sick of all those other things that come, somehow still boggle you down, נתבטלו שאיפותיך, all those שאיפות, uh, aspirations, that you have that are not שייך to עולם האמת, נתבטל. They become nullified. לנפשך הבוערת להשם, before your own נפש, that's burning for God. ולא עוד, אלא שגם חזקה ואמיצה התרגשותך ממך. And not even, and even more. It's even, it's greater than you. It's greater than your own excitement. You're not even in control. Did you guys ever lose control of your passion to Hashem in a holy way? Lose control of it. You know what that would look like? Dancing and not caring what anyone thinks about you. You know how much I learned from you? You don't even know. You know how much everyone in here learns from you? You don't even realize. You, you have no asaga because you don't care. And that's what it's all about. It's like some, so often we like wonder, what is this going to sound like? What is it going to look like? Okay, the, you're still in the world of itrakshut. That's not itlavut. That's not itlavut. Itlavut is, I'm not conscious right now of what I look like and what I sound like. It doesn't play a role. It doesn't play a role. Sometimes, you know, uh, for instance, you know, I've got another good example, Pesach. You ever hear Pesach in shul during Shmonasar? You ever hear what it sounds like? It's not a show. I know him really well. I know that I don't know him really well. You ever hear those, oh, during Shemona Yisrael? Can you imagine that in young Israel, the temple of the Holy Bagel? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? This guy needs to be checked in. We don't do that. What you don't do? We don't, we don't, we don't get lost here. We, we stay. There's an or- it says here, you know, It's like, in the Mahz of Rosh Hashanah, you know what it says after, like, Aleinu, on Leil Rosh Hashanah? It says, V'achshav kol echad yifne lechavero, v'yachelo l'shana tova t'chatev v'tichatem. Oh, okay, I want to, I would like to express my feelings for you this year. May you be inscribed and sealed in a good... <laughs> He's doing, it's a holy, it's a holy thing I'm doing, but it's Yitrakshut. I would, I'm happy that, that it directs me what to do. But hitlahavut is that it doesn't, it's not how I'm operating. I'm not operating like that. I'm operating differently. And I'm not scared either because I know that this is real. And I'm, I'm so happy that it's kind of like overtaken me, kivyochol. I'm, I'm so happy about it. I'm so proud of it. Can you imagine walking into a shul that no one is aware of what's happening to the other person? Because it's, it's bichlal not on their radar. Their radar is avodah shebalev. There's avodah taking place right now. And I walk into shul and my tefillah is part of this experience that if someone else hears about it or is aware of it, okay, but that's, I'm, I'm not even part of it. It's not even, one time someone, someone, one of the chavra came to me and asked me to give him a bracha to stop crying when he learns Torah or when he teaches Torah. I said, why? He says, because I realized that 
no one can uh, no one can receive anything from me because they just get so freaked out by that I cry all the time. That's something else. That's that's a little bit different because if your Indian is while you're teaching to give over something and you see this is a block, it's something else. But that same person asked for a bracha to also not happen to them when he was davening. I said to him, never. You're never getting a bracha for that. That's the worst thing in the world. That's the worst bracha. It's like, I want a bracha to only have hitrakshut and not hitlahavut. That's basically what it's saying. Basically what it's saying. Okay. ולא עוד אלא שגם חזקה ואמיצה התרגשותך ממך, כלומר, בשעה זו אין בידך להתאפק ממנה. In the moment, להתאפק means, we just had it in last week's parsha, but Yosef Batsadik. ולא יכול יוסף להתאפק, יוסף couldn't hold back. He's saying, you can't hold back over here. You know, it's almost like saying, Yosef Batsadik experienced התלהבות when Yehuda reached him in the heart of hearts, because then he had no control. Up until that point, he had a lot of moments of התרגשות, but he would, he would like, Oh, I feel it bubbling. I'm in control. I'm going to go to the other room, cry where no one sees me. Then Yehuda, the Baal Tshuva, Mashiach, comes and reaches him inside, and it's over. Hitlavut. Lo yachol Yosef litapek. Saying over here, Bishazo, em betcha itapek mena. Velachdol milihitpael be'ahava yir'ah. Ve'im itpalel ata bishazo. Now he says something very deep. And this is where you and I can get an entry into the world he's describing right now. If you're davening in this moment, I don't know. It didn't happen to me. I heard Rabbi Yishmael, Omer I didn't lose my, my, my mind and soul over his lavus. But if it's happening to you now, don't say, well, it wasn't like this in the beginning of davening, so this can't be real. <coughs> Don't start cheshbening out the measurements of how real your tefillah is and for how long. Because if you're doing that, the measuring, then you're, you already removed yourself from the opportunity that exists in front of you right now. It's like someone goes to a concert. He feels it in the fifth song. He wants to get up and dance, but he says, but wait a second, no, nah, because the first four songs really didn't do this to me. So I, I can't do this now. You have what you have, you eat it. You go for it. You realize, I can't just mumble the words. I can't daven with cold anymore at this moment. Right now, the nigun that that person chose connected to the soul of my neshama, the words, it's all happening right there. I've seen this by us in shul many times, especially no matter what time someone comes to shul. But if they're there when the chazan decides to start singing boom. But the thoughts that saying, well, I wasn't here all that. No, the Rebbe is saying, listen, I don't know where you were, physically or mentally. If this is where you're at right now, don't start cheshbening out to yourself, judging yourself, saying, well, if this was real, I'd be feeling it the whole tefillah. If it was real. No. This is where Hasidus is life-saving. Because probably in other schools of thought, they would say to you, listen, don't just get excited when a nigga... No, take advantage of whatever moment opens up for you. Third line from the bottom, as lefi erkenu, according to the way we've established things, reshit hitlahavuti. This is the beginning of passion, of a fire, hitlahavut. You've begun to move in when you stop cheshbening out. If you're worthy of such an experience by now, but if you're just in it, 
If you're, you know, that's the thing that happens to subconscious. Am I worthy to feel this right now? I wasn't here in the beginning. I missed the first Kaddish or whatever, or, or my thoughts. Oh my God. The thoughts about, that I had about that person or about that woman two minutes ago, now I'm going to suddenly be a yes. But you're limiting the amount that Hashem Baruch can move into you and you move into Hashem. This is where you're at. Where you're at. You know, the, 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 the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Nishma Sa'edin, received a lot of for a lot of the things that he, the campaigns that he chose to do. One of them was Mivtza Tfilin. You know what Mivtza Tfilin was, 1967? During the Six Day War, he, that's when the campaign to go and put Tfilin on, on every Yid you can began. Okay, so why did he receive such, such slack? So a lot of voices in the world said, we don't know where people's hands were a second ago. You're just going to go, you know, we're just going to go up to someone and put Tfilin on them? The whole idea behind the Mivtza Tefillin, if you read inside, is because we know, according to Chazal, Tefillin is supposed to put Yira on people, on your enemies. In fact, when people would go out to war, those that weren't going out to war would put on Tefillin, or they would be in a state of Tefillin. That's also one of the reasons why Rav Fruman, Zichon Racha, if you ever saw footage of him meeting with Ahmed Yassin, Yemach Shemov Zichra, or Arafat, Yemach Shemam, may they rot in hell forever, he always went there with Tefillin on, when he would go and meet with them. It's the same... It's just a, it's it's war, on a different level. So the the taina on the Rebbe was, we don't know where they were a second ago. Okay, but that's that was a second ago. It's true, it's true. That was a second ago. It's shas milchama right now. So in another way, we all know when we go to daven, the all the wars begin to erupt. Which wars? Wars of self worth, wars of machshavas. It's a war. Where where was I a second ago? I don't know where I was a second ago. But if where I was a second ago is going to dictate to me where I am now, they, then the other side won. Then maybe the highest I'll ever have are like a few moments of, of Hitrak shoot, but it's not Zelozzeh, it's not it. You're in war in Davani, you're in battle. It's clear to anyone today, anyone that's able to like, Pashut, really be there. Mamish, be there even for a few minutes. What a schia it is, what a, what a wondrous thing it is. It's so rare. Fire. Like a sword. Also lav. Oh, lav and nechon. Nechon. Very good. Lahav. Quit your day job, Yuri. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing here. I'm, I'm here now. You see yourself when the shofar is blowing. You remember what it was like, what you experienced on Yom Kippur. Are you measuring yourself when you scream? People are screaming, Hashem, who I look him? And then you're wondering, I don't want to sound, I don't know, I don't want to sound too, too excited. No, you're in the world of Islavos. So you know, the Rebbe is saying, you know that it's possible. You know that it exi- you know that it exists. Anyone that's a Baal knows. Any Baal that's conscious for too long should not be Baal Tefillin. On your Rosh Yom Kippur. Bichlal, ever, but definitely Rosh Yom Kippur. Again, Next page. You know that you're not thinking about the series that you want to finish on Netflix 
when the Chazan is saying, Baruch Shem Kavod Malachus, you know it. Even if you haven't wiped it out of your consciousness completely, in those moments, all those Ritzonot that are not in the words, Baruch Shem Kavod Malachus, don't exist. They don't exist. Now, it might be just a few minutes, but you know that it exists, right? You had so much excitement and where Litragesh also means to be moved. You already reached being on fire. You can't hold back then. You can't hold back then because by now all of you is a flame. All of you is fire. All of you the flames of your soul, what's the, what, are they, what are they in? What do they basically become one with? The fire of all fires. It's interesting that Avram Avinu, the Midrash says, like his first interaction that we know of, according to the Midrash, with something that was related to his consciousness or something bigger in the world, is called Birad Doleket, which means he saw a world on fire. So it's like it's fire, and Bichlal, with him also, fire goes back when he, when he you know, because Nimrod tells him he has to jump into the pit of fire. It's very interesting. It's because it has to be that these moments of realization and establishing oneness have to be through fire. It cannot come through Kriru Sadas, which means uh, a cold, more subtle, logical, rational, cerebral, uh, cerebral uh, uh, choosing of connection. Those things, that, that, that's the greatest you'll have with that is a, is a nice watery flow. But lav, it's, it's, it's all about fire. Ubazeh Baruch Hashem. Now he's not saying here Baruch Hashem. What does Baruch Hashem mean? What's the difference? Moshe or Yudi? What does it mean? Baruch, Baruch or Baruch Hashem? It's a big difference. Baruch Hashem means Hashem, it becomes blessed. Beruch Hashem means, Ubezeh Beruch Hashem nitkavarnu me'at el mechuvan. Through this, the blessing through Hashem becomes more clearer to you what it means to be close to God. Ha'asiyak shehi belo yitrakshut legamre, when you're working, and it's without yitrakshut at all, what we've already coined here for many years called checklist Yiddishkeit, which has its value, okay? It has its value in kindergarten, it's very hard, nearly impossible, that a f- massive light from above will hover upon a person when there's no hitrakshut in their asiyah, when there's no excitement, movement in their asiyah, in their actions that they do. Kevan, wait, just give a pause. It's something we've harped on, so I don't want to do it too much, but most of us just came from wherever you were, and there were boxes on our arms and heads with the words of God on them. What hitrakshut did any of us, can any of us carry from the fact that these things were on our hearts, on our arms, connected our heart, and on our moach, and on our, our heads, connected our moach, that we could say the light of Hashem has hovered upon it? Very little. It's because davening started at 8.10 over here, and maybe we were there early at 8.08. Davening finished at 8, I don't even know what it was today, it's ridiculous, 8.38, mashkazen. 
And by 8.37, the tefillin were already off. So how much, how much of Or Hashem is going <laughs> is gonna to rest on, on, on this? I'm just saying, you think it's going to be like that in Arbeis Medrash? Not be tam. Asur. No way. There's going to be learning before, there'll be learning after. There's going to be whatever it takes to make sure that it's not asiya belo hitrakshut. Because he says, Kasheshe or kokach gadomi marom yishreela. Light that is waiting to come down upon us from above doesn't have an address when there's no. <coughs> When there's no clea that's waiting for the light to come on top of it. It doesn't, the light's trying to come down all day long into our lives. Or Hashem. And it's trying to see who's making an opening for me. Who's making an opening for me? Who's making an opening for me? It's more than that. It's, I have to allow myself And eventually, day in, day out. Sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's harder. But it always has to be. Always has to be. Who's talking about from Bishmal to Aleinu? He's talking about Shmona Esrei specifically. Because Shmona Esrei in itself, Tefillah, is hard enough to concentrate on all China. Let's say just Tefillah. Let's just say Shmona Esrei to make, a, make us feel a little bit less bad. <laughs> Makes me feel better. Right, right, I know. I'm saying, right. Let's just, no, no, Embaya. Let's just say when he says Tefillah, even though of course he doesn't. But let's just say, <laughs> let's just say that he does. Better? Yes. Kevan. And I love that word. And there's a shir on YouTube you have to watch. Type in Rav Yitzchak Ginsburg inspiration. There's a shmuz he gave somewhere in the States explaining Apishitas Chabad. I believe it's more Zerber Rashab and the Maharash understanding the drawing down of the word Hashra'a, inspiration. In order to be inspired, wouldn't it be beautiful if the mitzvahs we do actually inspire us? Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? How do you get the mitzvahs that we keep already to actually inspire us if Or Hashem is hovering upon it? Ah, but if in order to do that, I need to have patience and I, to, I need to have itrakshut, which will eventually lead me to hitlavut. Kevan, third line, Kevan shela hashra'at nefesh gluya kanal. In order to have inspiration, you need a revealed soul. You need your nefesh to actually be revealed to you a little bit more. You need to answer the question, a little bit more of miyani, which comes down to you clearer when you allow yourself to go to this place. Again, lehashra'a, in order for there to be inspiration, you need a nefesh gluya. That's what he was talking about, the first parak and the beginning of the second parak. Nefesh gluya, a revealed soul, that you get a clear glimpse as to not, wow, who they are, who they are, who am I? Which you, you, you asked Reuven about a few, day, a few weeks ago, last week. In order My nefesh gluya, my soul being revealed to me, plays the role of chariot. What, what do we know about the chariot? It's the divine wheels upon which the shechina can perform and manifest in this world. So I have to become a chariot to my own little private shechina. My own little private Merkava. If I'm good with checklist Yiddishkeit, I may even go to Gan Eden. And even being in Gan Eden won't mean anything to me. Like the Sloan Rebbe says, you'll be wondering why you... You'll get up to Gan Eden, you'll sit on a bench, it says here, Gan Eden, and you're wondering what on earth is going on over here. And they say to you, this is exactly how you imagined it when you were down here. You, went, you got here. Shkoyach. 
אבל כשעושה את עבודתו עבודת הקודש בהתלהבות, כיוון שנפשו נתגלה עתה וחושיו מעט נתבטלו, אבל אם הפרסון עושה את עבודה, אז עבודת הקודש כיוון שנפשו נתגלה עתה, now you, you became a little bit more revealed to you, וחושיו מעט נתבטלו. And your, your חושים, your senses of I need that, I want that, that looks good, have already become מתבטל. זוכה להשראה יותר גדולה גם עם ארום. Now, basically, like in Reb Shlomo's language, you removed your old herring from the table, from your plate, to receive new herring. But as long as you say, no, I'm sorry, I just, I believe in my old herring, this is, I know I like this last week, it's got to be the same one. God says, I'm not going to bother you, you don't bother me. But if you're willing to go to the place of saying, I'm open to tasting something new, or even more, I'm dying to taste something new, And that means it inquires of me to go deeper with my tefillah, for instance, which means letting go of having control. Hashem says, ah, now you're ready for the hashra'ah. Now you're ready for inspiration. Now you're ready for something new to come down into the world. Lachem. Im kizot eina od kol hachasidut kula. We haven't covered all of what chasidus is about, the Rebbe is saying. Mikol makom, i efshar lachasidut bilada. Nonetheless, if you don't have this, key element, you don't understand בכלל what the Baal Shem Tov tried to bring down into the world. עבודה בהתלהבות fiery, passionate עבודת השם היא ראשיתה שאי אפשר לה בלעדה. This is the beginning that you can't do, you can't get to any of the other areas without this entry level. והיא מפני שהחסידות what is a חסידות? He's tying us to the first few lines of the Sefer. חסידות הליכה בדרך הנביאים היא. חסידות is really walking in the footsteps of the prophets. והשראה ממרום מוכרחה לנפש גלויה. Inspiration from above is a necessity to each soul that chooses to get to know itself better, לנפש גלויה. How does this connect to the beginning of this Sefer? He basically told us, let's all become prophets. That, that was the beginning of the Sefer. Let's all become prophets. Starts being priests from the Tsar. All these very far out stuff. And I'm so proud of everyone in here, including myself, for not letting go and, and, and go plow it, letting it plow through us. And we're all sitting there thinking, oh, he's going to discover, he's going to reveal to us these secrets of how you activate prophecy of like knowing the future. And he's saying, Be'emet, when it says there were millions and millions of prophets, it's not referring to people that could tell you what was going to be. It was people that were bold enough to live these lives, even if it was for a few moments. He describes that this is actually what Nevoah was. Nevoah was, and Bezat Hashem will be, people that are gutsy enough to live a, a different world, even if they're in the midst of a bunch of people that think you're crazy. You think you're nuts. Like I told you, 90% of the Orthodox world will walk in here right now and not consider this learning Torah. You know that. It may be clear to you. Crystal clear to you. <clears throat> Now, this does not exempt us, Khalila for one second, for going into the stuff that they, may, that they consider to be learning Torah, because it's all one. And we need, in order to really do this properly, you need the other, you need the meat. Obviously. But he's addressing the same problem the Baal Shem Tov addressed, which you and I are addressing right now. None of us in this room have any Rishimu of what the boxes that were on our heads and arms felt and did to us just 20 minutes ago. 
unless I'm missed, unless someone wanted to say actually no I actually was very conscious of the fact that the the four parshios are in my I was thinking about it in the whole Indian of tefillin I was fighting enemy though unless you felt like it was a sword of a chule. but most of us are in like we're not programmed like that I felt that I served the king as a servant of God like I'm doing this that's already to serve the king. that's already this is why I'm huge that's what I felt that's already huge that's that's huge. When I put on the tefillin, I was supposed to think of leaving the shrine. Mm-hmm. So when I put on my tefillin, I don't think of the physical leaving the shrine. I think of leaving the shrine that's within myself. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. These are great. These are wonderful beginnings to enter into this world that the Rebbe is describing for us. So again, this point of today's learning was when does hitrakshut end and when does hitlavut begin. Right? This is what he's describing for us. He's still in the mode of describing shlavim. By the way, by the tzaddikim, he says you can never tell when this starts or when this ends, because they're kind of almost always... You ever see a tzaddik eat? Anyone ever see a real tzaddik eat food? It's the holiest thing in the world. You, know, real t- you ever see the Amshinova Rebbe eat? Did you ever... Huh? The Tasha Rebbe. So you could say, oh, this is when Hitlavut ends, because now they have to be in Olam Azeh, right? Mapitom. Mapitom. Not at all. Not at all. I once saw a big Rebbe smoke a pipe, like, like it was Aaron Akayan, doing Ketaris, like things of this world. So that's why he's saying by Tzadikim, you can't really say, oh, so here it starts here, they move into there, then this happens, because it's kind of like, first of all, it's beyond us, and like he said before, According to the Naimali Malach, we learned on Monday, this is like, what was the Lushan there? Pneira Ada, it's like fireballs. You have to run out of a room because it's too, it's too crazy to, 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 to taste. It's kind of like when Reb Tzadok first met the Ishbitzer. He came to Ishbitzer for Shabbos. Remember the story? And, and uh, they had him sit next to the Meshilach during Friday night Tish, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't stay close. Shabbos afternoon, Suda, he also, they wanted him to come. He was known, Reb Tzadok, the big Lamdan. And he would stand, he couldn't get close to the, the Me'a Shiloh. Then Shalash the Rebbe starts giving over Torah, the Me'a the Heilige Ishbitzer. And he starts screaming in the middle of Shalash Stop! Tell him to stop! He's pouring acid on my soul. He's pouring acid onto my soul. Only a person that's sensitive enough, like Reb Tzadik, could be sensitive enough to what was really happening at the moment that the Ishbitzer is bringing down Dvar Hashem, right? So it's both. It's like this relationship with both. Anyway, for, for us, for our learning, I think it's very important to realize, like, why limit ourselves to just doing the right thing? We can go for so much more. We could have hashra'a elokit hover on us with our Torah and mitzvahs with much more consciousness. Like, why, 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 why limit? For what? So, Baruch Hashem, we're not limiting. We're going to go there. We're going to go there together. And the Piyasetzner Rebbe is going to continue to hold our hand and explain to us how to actually activate this Indian, which is so beautiful. Okay, so we'll continue with this Be'ez Hashem on Monday. And we'll continue with, with the Shabbos on Friday. All right, Shukrach, everyone. Shukrach.